0: Will there be seven horrible years of tribulation before the end of the world? Yes or no? That's our topic on His Voice Today.
1: Welcome to another His Voice Today with Steve Wolberg.
0: The seven years of tribulation controversy, that is our topic today. Uh, Millions of Christians, including me, believe that we are nearing the end of the world and the coming of Jesus Christ. We look at the horrible things that are happening around this planet, look at the natural disasters, the senseless violence, the school shootings, and it just makes your heart break and long for the coming of Jesus. And there's a lot of people that believe that the Lord is coming, but there is a controversy, a big controversy, raging in the Christian world concerning the sequence of events, what is going to happen before Jesus returns especially concerning the topic of the seven years. Uh, Essentially there are three different views. There's the pre-trib view, there's the mid-trib view, and there's the post-trib view. Uh, The pre-trib view basically says that uh, Jesus is going to come at the beginning of the seven years of tribulation and get the church out of here so the church doesn't have to suffer uh, during that nightmare period. And then there's the mid-trib view that says basically that uh, the church is going to go through the first half of the tribulation and then Jesus is going to come and get us out of here so we don't have to go through the really bad part the second half the great tribulation and then there's the post tribulation view which basically says that uh, God's not going to get the church out of here early at all we're going to go through the whole period we have to stand up for Jesus be strong for Christ and we will go all the way into the very end of the world to the time of the second coming So that's those are some of the issues and that's the controversy, Uh, which view is right? Now, uh, one of the questions that I think needs to be asked, that isn't being asked enough, uh, and that is, where does the Bible say specifically that there is going to be a seven-year period of tribulation at all? Uh, Is that text really there? Now, it may shock you, but you can take your Bible and you can go from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. You can look in any concordance and you will never find one single solitary Bible verse that that clearly and specifically says that there's going to be a seven-year period at all. Uh, You've probably heard of Ponce de Leon, the famous uh, uh, ancient explorer who looked for the, the famous fountain of youth, but he never found it. And it's the same thing with that text. You can look and look and look in your Bible, and you'll never find a verse that specifically says that uh, there's seven years of tribulation. So where does the idea come from? Uh, It certainly is a a big idea. It's one that's being discussed. There are uh, movies that have been produced about the seven years. There are radio shows that talk about the seven years of tribulation. There's all kinds of novels, books, websites. Uh, The discussion is on, the controversy is on. So where does the idea come from anyway? Well, let me shed some light on this. There is really one major Bible verse that is interpreted to mean seven years of tribulation at the end of the world. Uh, And and that's really the the mother text. And it is found in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 27 that is the mother text Daniel 9:27 let me just read this verse to you and then i'll tell you how it's being interpreted Daniel 9:27 the bible says and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week now there's 7 days in a week and this is uh, applied to a day for a year which we'll talk about in a little while and so one week would be 7 uh, 7 years and it says that someone would confirm a covenant with many during that seven-year period, and in the midst of the week, he would cause the sacrifices and the oblation to cease. Now let me explain to you how best-selling author uh, Hal Lindsay interprets this text. And he, he's representative of uh, many Christians around the world. His book, "The Late Great Planet Earth." It's in the 1970s it came out. It's, it's just a huge blockbuster bestseller. And in this book he talks about, on page 45 and 46, about God's last seven years of dealing with the Jewish people. And then he quotes Daniel 9, 27, and he interprets the he in this text, where it says he will confirm the covenant, he interprets the he to be the Antichrist, who will break his covenant with the Jewish people during the seven years of tribulation, and in the middle of that period, he will cause the Jewish temple sacrifices which have been restarted to cease, Daniel 9, 27, page 46 of The Late Great Planet Earth. And so Hal Lindsey's view is, uh, is typical. Uh, he interprets this one-week period as seven years of Great Tribulation. Now is uh, Hal Lindsay right or is he wrong? And uh, there are many, many, many others. I could mention names, I'm sure you're, you're probably aware of many of them, and they interpret this text in a similar way. Well, first of all, we have to look at the context of Daniel 9, 27. The context starts really in verse 24, and if we go down to verse 27. Verse 24 says, 70 weeks are determined upon your people and upon your holy city." Now let me give you some background of this text. Uh, This verse, this whole chapter was written by Daniel. When he was in Babylon, he was a Jewish captive. Uh, The Israelite people had strayed from God, they had set up idols, they had been disobedient to the Lord, and after hundreds of years, after they came out of Egypt, hundreds of years of uh, patience on the part of God, finally he allowed the Babylonians to come and to just decimate uh, Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple uh, in the year 586, BC, they took many Jewish people captive, there were actually a number of waves of captivity, and Jerusalem was just uh, in a devastated position, condition, and Daniel was a Jew in Babylon. Jeremiah had predicted that there would be a 70-year period that the Jews would be in Babylon, and at the end of that period they were going to come back and rebuild their temple and their city and have another chance to be faithful to God and as, we neared, as they neared the end of that period, this is where Daniel 9 comes in and Daniel knew that the 70 years was coming to an end and it was getting ready for them to go back and rebuild their city and their temple and then Gabriel shows up in Daniel chapter 9 and gives Daniel this prophecy there would be 70 weeks determined upon your people and upon your holy city Daniel 9 verse 24 Now. The next verse describes when the period would begin. In verse 25, Gabriel said, "'Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of a commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, certain things would happen.'" And so we have to pinpoint exactly when this commandment would start. Uh, Persia conquered Babylon, and there were a number of uh, Persian kings that issued various decrees allowing the Jews to go back. There were two kings, Cyrus and Darius, they issued decrees for the Jews to go back and to rebuild their temple. And then Nehemiah, who was in, in Persia with the new king, he was also given permission to go back and help to rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem, which had been broken down. But there was one particular king named Artaxerxes. Uh, and this is recorded in Ezra chapter 7 where he issued a lengthy decree allowing uh, the Jewish people to go back and also to uh, reestablish Jerusalem as the center of the restored Jewish state and of those four decrees Cyrus's and Darius those two decrees were just only concerning the temple Nehemiah's letter was to simply uh, give him permission to rebuild the, the wall around the city, but it was Artaxerxes' decree that was the longest, and that was the one that specifically gave uh, the authority to Jerusalem to be re-established as the center of the Jewish state. And that is the decree that fits the prophecy in Daniel 9.25, where Gabriel said, "'Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment, to restore and to build Jerusalem. Artaxerxes decree restored the authority of Jerusalem and the Jewish state. And uh, If you study history, the dominant date that rises up for that decree of Artaxerxes is the year 457 B.C. Uh, in a different Bible, not particular this Bible, but I have another Bible that in the margin of the Bible it lists uh, 457 B.C. It's just a standard King James Bible and that is a standard date that that has been accepted by by scholars around the world. So, if we take that date as the date of the beginning of the timeline of the restoration of Jerusalem, based on Daniel 9.27, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, it says until the Messiah the Prince, which would be Jesus, there's going to be a seven-week period and then a 62-week period and then we go down to verse 27, and then there's one more week left. Now, I I never really was, I'll confess, uh, good at math. Math was not my favorite subject when I was a little boy in school. My mother, uh, my Jewish mother, sometimes would say to me, Steve, put your math hat on and start tackling these topics. And so, I don't know if you like math, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but we do have to do some mathematics to figure out this, this prophecy. So we have a period of 70 weeks, and just imagine, I'll just hold out my arm here, imagine this is a 70-week arm, and verse 25 and verse 27 says that this period is divided into three smaller periods. There's a seven-week period, there's a 62-week period that would reach to the Messiah, and then that leaves a one-week period, and 7 plus 62 plus 1 equals 70. 70 weeks. So that's the period, and it's subdivided into those three uh, smaller periods. When you study this out and search this out it's very clear that 70 weeks which comes out to if you add up how many days in 70 weeks it's 490 days that this cannot be just 70 literal weeks it can't be 490 literal days and the reason is because uh, from the decree to restore Jerusalem in the time of Persia after Babylon which was in 457 BC 70 literal weeks or 490 literal days from that decree does not take you down hundreds of years to the time of the coming of the Messiah and so therefore we know that this must be a day for a year and most scholars recognize this Uh, there's a verse in Numbers 14 34 and in Ezekiel 4 verse 6 that talk about how God had given them a day to represent a year and so when you apply a day for a year to this prophecy There's a breakdown, and let me get these exact figures right here in front of me. 7 plus 62 plus 1 equals 70. A day for a year, Ezekiel 4, 6. Seven weeks comes out to 49 days or years. 62 weeks comes out to 434 days or years and one week, the last week, comes out to 7 days or years. So 49 years, 434 years, 7 years, you add them up and it comes up to 490 literal years. And we start with 457 BC and we go down 49 years and then we go down 434 years which ultimately is uh, 483 years. And from the time of that decree in 457 BC, if you go down 483 years, the Bible says that it should take us to the time of the Messiah. That's what Gabriel said. Verse 25, Know therefore and understand from the going forth of, of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, in 457 BC, until the Messiah, the Prince, there would be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Now here's something amazing. When you put your math hat on and you do the calculation from 457, you go down 483 years, and there's no zero year, so you take that into account from BC to AD, you go down 483 years and it takes you exactly to the year 27 AD. And Gabriel said that this would be the time when the Messiah would come, the word Messiah means the anointed one. Uh, Jesus Christ was anointed when he was baptized by the Holy Spirit. He came up out of the water and the year was 27 AD. He was baptized by John the Baptist, the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came down uh, and Jesus Christ was anointed by the Spirit at his baptism. And that's what the word Messiah means, the anointed one. And in Mark chapter one, verses 12 to 15, Right after Jesus was baptized, Jesus made an amazing statement. In Mark chapter 1 verse 15, uh, after he was baptized, he said, the time is fulfilled. Repent and believe the gospel. So when Jesus said the time is fulfilled, what time was he talking about? There's really only one Old Testament time prophecy that he could have been referring to, and that was the prophecy in Daniel chapter 9, verse 25, that said from the going forth of the commandment to the Messiah, the Prince, there would be so much time. And that time ended in 27 A.D., and when Jesus Christ was baptized, he said in Mark one fifteen, the time is fulfilled. Repent and believe the gospel. Uh, it's amazing, and, and that prophecy and that statement of Christ it gives us confidence in the Bible. It gives us confidence in prophecy. It gives us confidence that Jesus Christ is himself truly the Messiah, and that He was fulfilling Scripture just like the prophecy said that he would. Uh, it's a wonderful prophecy to confirm our confidence in god's in God's book, in God's word. So, if we, if we go the seven weeks and then the 62 weeks, which day for a year comes out to 483 years from 457 to the coming of the Messiah, that leaves one week left, which we find in Daniel 9, verse 27. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, which day for a year would be one week, seven days in a week, which would come to a seven-year period. So there is a seven-year period in Daniel 9.27, but we have to find out uh, what does this seven-year period, or who does this seven-year period apply to? As I mentioned in Hal Lindsay's book, The Late, Late Great Planet Earth, on page 45, he refers to Daniel 9.27 as God's last seven years of dealing with the Jewish people. And he interprets Again, verse 27, which says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he will cause the sacrifices to cease. Hal Lindsey interprets the he as the Antichrist who will uh, make a covenant with the Jewish people, but he will break that covenant in the middle of that seven-year period, and he will cause the Jewish temple worship and sacrifices to cease." And then he quotes Daniel 9.27. Uh, I've got an underline here in my copy of uh, Pastor Lindsay's book. Now the question is, and here's the controversy, is Pastor Lindsay's uh, interpretation of Daniel 9.27, is it actually a correct interpretation? Uh, should that last one-week period that seven-year period at the end of the timeline, should that period be moved all the way down to the end of time and called a seven-year period of tribulation? That's the question, and that's where then we get the controversy. If so, we have the pre-trib, the mid-trib, and the post-trib battle. Well, let me give you eight different reasons right now why the 70th week of Daniel, that last seven-year period, actually was fulfilled 2,000 years ago. I'll give you eight reasons. Reason number one is that the 70-week timeline is a consecutive timeline. Gabriel said in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon your people, upon the Jewish people. And there's no example anywhere in the Bible or anywhere in history, actually, where um, a a timeline, a period of time, is, is broken up where you take one part of it and you move it down to a different part. Uh, 70 weeks is 70 weeks. In the Bible, the Bible says that the rain came down in the days of Noah for 40 days and 40 nights. Those were 40 days and 40 consecutive nights. Israel was in Egypt for 400 years. That was 400 consecutive years. Jesus was in the wilderness uh, being tempted by the devil. The Bible says for 40 days. Those were 40 straight consecutive days. And it just makes sense, all the sense in the world, that the 70-week period would be 70 consecutive weeks without a break. Reason number two is it just makes perfect sense that the 70th week of Daniel would follow the 69th week. It just doesn't make sense to take that 70th week and move it down to the end of time and call it a seven-year period of tribulation. If I, if, if I was living about an hour away from a certain city and I, and I said to somebody, how long will it take me to, it's 70 miles to get to the city, how long will it take? And they said, oh, about, you know I would think well if they said it was 70 miles I would assume it would be about an hour for me to drive there but then if they said no actually it's gonna take you two days to get to that city because in between the 69th and the 70th mile there's actually 2000 miles Uh, that wouldn't make any sense at all and it doesn't make sense that the 70th week shouldn't follow the 69th week it makes sense that it does follow it so that's reason number two reason number three is the entire prophecy is focused on the Messiah. It's the Messiah that is mentioned in Daniel 9, 20, 25. From the going forth of the commandment until the Messiah, there would be seven weeks and 62 weeks. In verse 26, it talks about after the threescore and two weeks, or the 62 weeks, the Messiah would be cut off. So the context of the prophecy is the Messiah. The word antichrist is not mentioned in the prophecy uh, anywhere. It's not in Daniel 9, verses 24 to 27. Reason number four, is the text says, in verse 27, that he shall confirm the covenant. Who is he? Uh, who, who would confirm? In Romans chapter 15, verse 8, Paul said that Jesus Christ came to confirm the promises made to the fathers. You won't find anywhere in the Bible where Antichrist confirms uh, a covenant with anyone. The word covenant is a messianic term. It applies to the Messiah and to what Jesus Christ does. So, he shall confirm. That's reason number number four. Uh, number five, it says, he shall confirm the covenant with many. And these are almost the exact words of Jesus Christ in Matthew 26 verse 28. The night before he died, he took the bread, passed it out, passed out the cup, and he told his disciples that this is my blood of the New Covenant shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. The text says he shall confirm the covenant with many. Jesus said this is my blood of the New Covenant shed for many, He was quoting Daniel nine twenty-seven. Uh, reason number six is it says not only that he would confirm the covenant with many for one week, which would be seven years, but in the midst of the week, he would cause the sacrifice to cease. The midst of the week would be after three and a half years. It's a seven year period. Three and a half in would be the midst of the week, and then there'd be three and a half more years. And the amazing thing is, is that Jesus Christ's ministry lasted, his public ministry lasted exactly three and a half years. Right on time. Before he died, he would say many times, my hour's not yet come, my hour's not yet come, and then finally when the time came, he knew the hour had come because he was going to die on time. He was baptized on time, he was born on time, and he was going to die on time. Going on, it says that he would confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week, what would he do? He would cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Uh, After three and a half years of public ministry, Jesus Christ died on the cross, and what happened to the sacrifices, the Jewish sacrifices, as far as their value when Jesus died? The fact is, the truth is, they ceased to be of value in the sight of God. There was a hand that ripped the veil in the temple from top to bottom, a mysterious hand, uh, and that was God's way of showing that the sacrificial system had come to an end, that it was no longer of any value because Jesus Christ, the great sacrifice, had been offered on the cross for our sins, for yours and mine, and he died perfectly right on time. Right in the midst of the week. That's when he caused the sacrifice to cease. Uh, Point number eight, the last point is, that leaves us three and a half years left. The three and a half years Jesus was baptized in 27 AD, he died in 31 AD, in the middle of the week, and then the period ended in the year 34 AD. And it was in 34 AD that Stephen was stoned because he gave his appeal to the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 7. They rejected him. It says that uh, they stopped their ears. They didn't want to hear anymore. Uh, Stephen was about to die. He looked up, and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. His face was like an angel, and they killed him. And at that point, in 34 AD, that's when the Church shifted its energies and the Gospel in the book of Acts began to go to the Gentiles. So the 70-week period that was given for the Jewish people ended in 34 A.D. and the Gospel went to the Gentiles. And so, point by point, the prophecy was fulfilled. Uh, I have an an ancient book here in my hands, it's called Christ and the Antichrist. It came out in the 1800s and it was written uh, by an author who was part of the Presbyterian Board of Publication. And in this book, Christ and the Antichrist, published in 1846, it says on page 47, that sometime during the remaining seven years of Daniel 9.27, he, Jesus, was to die as a sacrifice for sin. One would think that the people among whom this prophecy occurred could not possibly have misunderstood the prophecy. And then it continues on page 49 and says, the 70 weeks of Daniel have therefore certainly ended many centuries ago. Uh, Matthew Henry, one of the most famous Bible scholars who's written a commentary that is read by Christians around the world, his comments on Daniel 9 27 refers to the He as Jesus Christ, that the covenant, this covenant, He, Jesus, would confirm by His death and resurrection a covenant of grace. Uh, The Adam, Jemison, and Clark uh, commentary says the same thing. Uh, Adam Clark's, I'm sorry, it's. uh, Jemison Fawcett and Brown's commentary says the same thing. Adam Clark, an ancient Methodist commentary, he said the same thing. And all throughout Christian history, there have been uh, scholars who have studied Daniel 9, and they put the pieces together that it was a consecutive period. It started with the time of Persia, takes you down to Jesus' baptism, and then ends with the shift to the gospel going to the Gentiles, and right in the middle of the 70th week, Jesus Christ died on the cross, causing the sacrifices to cease, Fulfilling Bible prophecy perfectly uh, Daniel nine twenty seven confirms our faith in the Bible it confirms our faith in prophecy it confirms our faith in Jesus Christ that he is our Messiah and it confirms our faith in his power and, his, and in his ability to forgive us for our sins Satan hates that prophecy he doesn't want us interpreting it correctly and he has uh, pulled the wool over uh, many sincere people's eyes and caused them to take that last seven years and apply it at the end of time to the Antichrist when it really applies to Jesus Christ. The bottom line is that there is really no future seven-year period of tribulation at all. Based on Daniel nine twenty-seven. Jesus is the center. We need to accept him now and get ready for his soon return. God bless.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's message by Steve Wolberg. We feel privileged to be a part of God's commission to share the gospel with the world. You too can be a part of our gospel outreach team by supporting messages just like these with your financial gifts. We strive to be careful with every dollar that we receive, knowing these donations are sacred gifts to build up God's kingdom of grace and salvation. To find other great resources or to donate online, go to whitehorsemedia.com or you can call us at 1-800-78-BIBLE. That's 1-800-782-4253. You can follow us on Twitter at WhiteHorse7 or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve That's Steve, W-O-H-L-B-E-R-G. If you prefer to contact us by mail, write to Whitehorse Media, P.O. Box 130, Priest River, Idaho, 83856. Thanks for your support, and may God richly bless your day.